Welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing Polaris Rising by Jesse Mihalik. But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at the PHX Nest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description along with the link to our Goodreads as well as the link to our favorite independent bookstore mostly books all right polaris rising all right our first sci-fi romance yeah would you what yeah that is our first sci-fi romance isn't it yes i'm like thinking back to all the books we've read i'm for pretty the sure it is i don't think we've done sci-fi i think we've done like we've done a lot of fantasy yeah that's because that's my jam or like supernatural but that's not the same as like, sci-fi yeah like paranormal there's no Frankenstein kind of stuff. No. Or at least not in what we've done before. But I was, I was reading the back, and it says the author's um, photograph was taken by her husband. That's adorable. Yeah, I like that. That's super fucking cute. Do you want to read the synopsis? Always. Go for it. A space princess on the run and a notorious outlaw soldier become unlikely allies in this imaginative, sexy space opera adventure. The first in an exciting science fiction trilogy. That's what it says across the top. Woohoo! In the very distant future, the universe is officially ruled by the Royal Consortium, but the High Counselors, the heads of the three High Houses, wield the true power. As the fifth of six children, Ada von Hassenberg has no authority. Her only value to her High House is as a pawn in a political marriage. When her father arranges for her to wed a noble from House Rockhurst, a man she neither wants nor loves, Ada seizes control of her own destiny. The spirited princess flees before the betrothal ceremony and disappears among the stars. Ada has eluded her father's forces for two years, but now her luck has run out. To ensure she cannot escape again, the fiery princess is thrown into a prison cell with Marcus Locke. Known as the Devil of Fornax Zero, Locke is rumored to have killed his entire chain of command during the Fornax Rebellion, and the consortium wants his head. When the ship returning them to Earth is attacked by a battle cruiser from rival house Rockhurst, Ada realizes that if her jilted fiancé captures her, she'll become a political prisoner and a liability to her house. Her only hope is to strike a deal with a dangerous fugitive, a fortune if he helps her escape. But when you make a deal with an irresistibly attractive devil, you may lose more than you bargained for. That is the longest yeah, it's like, synopsis we've ever read on this it's podcast. It's three, like, true paragraphs on the back here. Like, legitimate paragraphs. I have never read the synopsis. Yeah, it's like an actual summary yeah. of the story, which is fine. It's more than we normally get. For sure. Pardon me, it's Monday and I'm yawning. Yeah, and your yawns make me yawn. I'm sorry. I was fine before I got here. You know what? It's the sign that you are not a sociopath, so you're welcome. Interesting. Um, so I want y'all to know that Kat texted me after she finished and said, so no aliens? <laughs> I, I associate sci-fi with aliens because growing up sci-fi was always things like Star Trek. Yeah. Or if we want to stretch it, Star Wars would be very sci-fi, but it's also sci-fi. not. Sci-fi fantasy. Um, it leans in a little too close. And I think stuff like, oh God, what? <laughs> um, but just like a lot of the shows my dad used to watch um were very sci-fi like um Andromeda um yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so in my mind sci-fi just goes with aliens. Okay. I don't like I know that that's not as so I I was a little disappointed <laughs> because it t- it's a space opera. It yeah. takes place in space. Where else would you find aliens? In space. I see I also don't agree that she is a princess. No. Because it's not, they're not a hierarchy. They, they're they, like an oligarchy. Yeah, they have houses. There's like a caste system, if you will, where there's houses. Yeah. And your house, depending on how rich you are, you're a higher house and or like a lesser house. And like what you control. And so she's, I wouldn't say she's a princess because her dad isn't a king. He's like a lord. Yeah. And she's a lady. And those aren't like, they're not the if same we thing. know anything unless they've rearranged the whole Ugh. the whole like ton system. Yeah, in the like UK. she I mean they could have because it's futuristic, but that would have just been like 
explained. Yeah, it w- someone would have said something by now. But, like, her dad isn't supreme ruler or anything. Like, it's not a dictatorship, even though that's, like, the danger that they're trying to avoid. Can so, you imagine if he were a dictator? He's already awful. I just don't understand, like, how awful people are always in charge of things. I just don't get it. It doesn't. It sucks. It's weird. How did you feel about the political um, system that was going on? Because there was a lot of political intrigue and stuff going on in this movie. Um, Aside from disagreeing about her being a princess <laughs> um aside from that i it was easy to follow it wasn't super super it it reminded me a lot of when we've read like southern romance and it's yeah. the like the south south where yeah. it's like you have that weird coming out and like all the socialites and like you have to go to all these events but you also hate each other it's the same feel which i guess might be slightly from her texas her texas home Feel, I don't know that Texas does it as much as, like, the Deep South. Um, like, debutantes and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. that's essentially what this was, right? Yeah. Like, at, when you're of age, you get introduced and you have a season or whatever. Oh, and, like, fucking historical romance. Yeah. So, I mean, I get, like, bits and pieces are taken from, from that. So it wasn't, like, it was hard to, to follow. And a lot of the stuff made it easier having the three houses instead of, like, the two major houses. Yeah. Um, the three houses... Kind of helped explain a lot, like how unbalanced it was. Yeah, because it was very unbalanced, but for like different reasons. Well, and they were talking about needing a vote towards the end, and she only needed two votes that didn't have to be unanimous. Yeah, which was fine. I mean, it was all right. There were what were they? The Yamadas, Van Hassenberg, and the Rockhurst or Rockfield or whatever. Rockhurst. Rockhurst. Yeah. Um. And then there's all the little lesser houses that yeah. come in later on. And they're not lesser as in lesser, lesser. Like, they don't care about them. But they're definitely, like, a situation where they don't want you to marry into a lesser house unless you are going to be giving trade secrets. Um, and then they don't want to marry into a higher house unless they're going to get power. It's very, very, very political how all of this works. There's no real Which marrying for love. Which I guess would love. be the the like royalty aspect of it yeah but i like, think even that still even still with that like we read a lot where they still do get to marry for love on occasion where this one they're like you love this them, one was luck. only marrying for for secrets and spying for, and like it was part yeah. of the marriage contracts and oh that whole contract situation i was like this is awful yeah and she explains ada explains at one point that getting married in this world is essentially giving yourself to a man and you lose all autonomy you don't get to do anything unless the husband says so so we've gone backwards from where we are now well but this is in the future yeah yeah this um, is this is when roe versus wade is officially overturned ugh. i hate it oh. it's just very really dystopian it um, is we do dystopian. often choose dystopian books for whatever reason they're just very abundant um, but we find out through just the beginning, Ada's been on the run for two years. She didn't just, like, run away. Her sisters helped plan and give her money and, like, funnel funds into some, like, accounts that are just, like, basic accounts that don't have her name attached. They're and, linked to numbers. Like, she calls them number accounts. And, um, they helped her get off of the planet. The planet being Earth. That was something that I thought was kind of weird was that we weren't... From, like, we weren't meeting people who had lived on different planets for a long time. No. She was from Earth. And I was like, really? Well, and it was like, like, come on. Really weird to me that the entire consortium is essentially set Resides on, on Earth. Earth. It's, it's on Earth. Like, of all And they the just, things. like, like that's their home base. And they just, Ugh. like, send um, people or ships or fleets or whatever to populate other planets and protect their investments and stuff. And it's like, I feel like there could have been better places to position yourself than Earth if you're going to be galaxy hopping. Do you feel a little bit like, um, so you know how everyone assumes that the United States thinks that they're better than everybody else? Mm-hmm. Did you feel a little bit like Earth thought that they were better than everybody else because that's oh, where yeah. all the higher people lived? Yes. It felt a little elitist. Right. A little bit elitist. But it, I guess it made sense for something that's kind of a dystopian style space opera, if you yeah. will. Where, I mean... A lot of the the space operas that I've read in the past that aren't technically romances, those ones tend to be more um, 
off planet, like Earth is decaying because that's what we're doing to the planet. Mm -hmm. So they have to leave Earth and find like a second Earth or whatever. Something else that's livable. Something else that's livable. So it's really weird that they she chose Earth as this is the headquarters. It's also maybe a very like Texas perspective. Because Texas often thinks it's the center of the universe. Yeah. You know, they have, I've always said they've had very, like, misplaced amounts, like, large amounts of pride. Yeah. Like, no other state has their children repeat the Texas Anthem? whatever. Pledge? Pledge or something. I don't know. Their state has its own fucking pledge. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I hate it's it. It's weird. But aside from that, Ada escapes Earth with the help of her sisters because her sisters are like, listen... Dad married us off, and it's been miserable, and we hate it, and you're going to hate it, too, because he's chosen this Rockhurst guy that you used to like, and now he's evil, and he's kind of a dick, so you got to get away. And so they help her, and she has evaded capture for a while by doing different jobs. So for a while, she's a server or a bartender, and she ends up becoming, like, a mercenary. And she's like, why not be a merc? Like, <laughs> why not? It's a good physical job. People just pay you money to do things. Like questionable things, security things, yeah, or like whatever. I can do that, and she does. And she like kind of turns herself into this, this like crime fighter slash. <laughs> like it's very weird, um, because it's not like she suddenly became like a sharpshooter or anything. She's had all this training because she's elite, yeah, and you know on Earth, and so she just kind of uses that to her advantage. And along the way, kind of, like, collects money and stays in different places for a couple months at a time. She makes some questionable friends. Um, it's, she, just, it's just a lot. She uses her elite status to move her along without saying that she has to be in that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, towards the end when um, she and Locke... Are we going to call him Locke or are we going to call him Marcus? Locke. Locke, yeah, that's what he goes by. Yeah. Um. So when she and Locke are doing their thing at the end there... Um, she's showing him around her, her room, which is like, not even a room. It's a full suite. It has like a kitchen yeah. and shit. And he's kind of shuts down. Cause that's not who he's from. You know, that's not what he's about. So she's explaining to him that like, I would trade all of this in just for you. I hate, I don't, I don't care. I hate all of this. And he doesn't really believe her, but like throughout the whole story, you kind of understand that she does not care about like, she has family yeah. ties. She cares about her family. But she doesn't care about all the stuff that comes with it. She doesn't care about all the money and all the the bougie lifestyle that her other, you know, family members live on Earth. She doesn't care about any of that. Right. So, and that's obvious because she chose to leave it instead of being a miserable marriage to keep it, you know? Yeah. And he is the worst. He, like, was really strange. So she becomes captured. She's put onto this merchant ship. And she's put into a cell because they're kind of mercenaries, but their captain is a merchant captain, which really does him in. Um, but they put her, put her into a cell. They're like, good luck. We're putting you in there with, like, a crazy guy. And she's like, fan-fucking-tastic. Yep. And it ends up being Marcus Locke. And they're like, maybe we'll let him, like, have at you or whatever. And, like, they oh. kind of threaten her. And it's kind of creepy. Um, but they have him, like, chained, so he can't really do anything. And she feels out that, figures out that he's the devil of Fornac Zero. And then we go into, like, the history of what that was or what she thinks that was. Mm-hmm. And then she finds out later that it's all completely wrong and it's just all rumors. Um, but they, like, don't trust each other at all. It's not like he's a complete savage or something, but he's been a mercenary because he was a soldier before. So he's been a mercenary. And he's got, like, this crazy bounty on his head. And she has, like, double that. Yeah. <laughs> because her dad is, like... Get your ass back home. You need to marry this guy because it's going to strengthen our political ties. So, like, why are you running from me? And and so this this merchant ship gets boarded by Rockhurst and his own fleet, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, don't do this to me. And they're like, no, it'll be fine. Like, he just wants to talk, blah, blah. No. Then they open the bay doors, and you know that's always a bad sign, and everyone dies. Except them. Yep. And so she escapes. She had kind of planned with Locke how they're going to escape. Mm-hmm. And she is so smart that she's been able to memorize the layouts of different ships because 
building ships and building better, faster technology and space travel is kind of what all the houses compete for. Yep. And so she, like, memorizes the schematics and the layouts and is like, well, if we go through this tunnel and drop down 150 meters this way, blah, blah, And it's, like, crazy. Um, and so, she's doing it in the dark. It's pitch black. Which is also something I don't want. People, like, dead people around me and it being pitch black. Okay, you don't like dead things first off. That right. makes sense. I just don't want that. And it's pitch black and you're floating in space. And, and I'm with someone I can't trust. One wrong move. It's just a bad time. Yeah. So they escape narrowly. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, hey, you know, I'll pay if you can get me to the safety of a different planet, like a populated planet. Yep. Where I can, like, get a change of clothes and go into hiding for a little bit. And he's like, all right, I can do that. And he does. But he's like, listen, I didn't deliver you to safety. And I'm a man of honor. She's like, whatever, you're the devil. <laughs> and he's like, listen, I'm a man of honor. I don't want the money until I know you're safe. Mm-hmm. And then we go through this whole thing where there's just so many shenanigans. Because Rockhurst has way too much money. And the and fastest damn ship. Because, and that's like the secret of the technology, right? They mm-hmm. figured out how to jump from place to place. So we're thinking it's light speed, yeah. right? Yeah. That's all it is. The, I it's f- just... Think of it as like a because there's like a way station that you go through, like a black hole that spits you out on the other side of where you need to be. Right. Kind of. Even though that's not really how black holes work, but space things. Right. So his ship jumps faster than everybody else's ship. Like and it, it should takes take, like no time for it to cool down and be ready to jump again. Yeah, it should take like days sometimes. Days or at least hours. Like she was saying that they're fastest for House von Hassenberg is like six hour cooldown. Mm-hmm. This needs like an hour. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, we can do that. And so <laughs> so she decides not only am I going to be safe, I'm going to steal this motherfucker shit. Yep. And within this time frame, she's met a woman named Veronica who somehow had some of Ada's belongings. Yep. So Ada slyly buys them back along with like some weapons and stuff. And, As you do. and Locke gets captured. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I gotta spring him. Like, I gotta set him free. And she ends up doing that. And then Veronica's helping. And it just gets really messy in and the middle of this book. A guy named Reese comes in. He's like a oh, weapons yeah. dealer dude. He's very eccentric. Um, He kind of reminded me of... Like, that one eccentric character in Red, White, and Royal Blue. Okay, with the... Yeah, with, with the, the kimono, kimono. Where he's just kind of like, I have all the ways. We can figure this out. And you're just kind of like, okay, sure thing, Reese, let's do this. And he's always like, how do you want it? Like, the really easy way or, like, the really hard way? And then he's like, because I have all these other ways, too. Yeah. And it's, like, impossible problems. And he's like, okay. And he's just like fixes it he has a way to fix it he's um a smuggler and we find out later that he was actually a soldier as well and so we go through this whole thing <laughs> veronica is now on their side and she's like i guess i can trust her and so veronica helps escape they steal the rock her ship she's like this is amazing technology with the jumping and whatever and it's just it's so much in the middle and it becomes all like tangled up because no one's story is standalone which is no, fine yeah and we kind of like that better than being like, what is the storyline in here? Exactly, yeah. Um, but it just makes it hard to explain. So, <laughs> I'm like, where is this going next? So she's like, he doesn't want to marry me because I'm gorgeous or I have money. He has money. Yep. So part of my diary is this planet out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yep. Let's go see if that's why he wants to marry me. I have a hunch. And so they go to this planet. There's nothing going on that they can tell. Mm-hmm. And they go like, to the next planet. She's like, this looks weird. But, of course, there wouldn't be anything on it that she could just see because it belongs to her. So, like, nobility and, like, contracts would say he can't do anything to that planet, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So they go to one of his planets and they're like, mm, that's weird. And it turns out they're mining. And they're mining for, what was it called? It starts with an A. It was... And it's in a vial. It's, it's like, pink. Which is also weird. Because, like... My, How many things are just bright pink? My brain says adamantium, but that's not what that is. No, that's, that's slightly different. That's that's an entirely different thing. Slightly different. Where is it? No. It'd be closer to the end. 
Alcubium. I hate that you can just flip a couple pages. <laughs> you open the book, turn four pages, and you found exactly what you're looking for. You do it every single time. Alcubium. Yes. So they have that stuff, and they find out that that's the stuff that's making the jumps faster. It's a glowing, viscous pink fluid, which really just sounds like it's a glow stick. I thought of amoxicillin. <laughs> like, Does amoxicillin glow? No. Oh. <laughs> but, like, if you put it under a light, <laughs> oh, would maybe. <laughs> Anyways, so she they're after this alcubium, and that's what is, like, heading up their technology. The problem is that it's on this planet, and she needs to, like, infiltrate this planet. Mm -hmm. And in doing this, she is, like, reckless because she's all noble and honorable. She's like, I got you into this mess. I'll get you out of it. I'll be the one to to jump, and, you know, if they come after me, just leave and whatever. So she's that person. (laughs) And And she gets caught. Of course she does. Because she, even though she is a powerful and smart person, you can't always just, like, overcome an army of people. No. And it's not even a full army. It's, like, just his... His goons. Yeah. And so she gets she gets captured. And she's... First of all, the part of the problem is that she's mad at Locke. They've already had the sex. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, he's not even sad I'm leaving. And it's like, bitch, you, you're the one that said you didn't want a relationship. And she was the one who said all those nasty, mean things to him. Yeah, she got, like, her weird... She calls it putting on her mask. Yeah. And so she gets, like, this weird bitch persona because that's how you have to be around the consortium. And so she does that to him and he's like, cool, fuck you kind of feeling. Well, and then she even asks him, yeah. are you with me because you want to be with me or are you only with me for the power of my house? Which is, like, a huge insecurity that she has, right? And so she jumps out of the ship, gets captured, is in a cell, and is there for a few days. And is planning her her escape. Reads the horrible marriage contract. Marks it all up. She, like... She annotated the shit out of it. As she should. Because it should. was terrible. It yeah. was awful. And she's like, this is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a break for it. And so she, like, lunges at the door when the soldier is leaving because they've delivered her food. And she hits him on the head with a tablet, which is meant for children. So it's like a Kindle in a rubber case <laughs> it made with a handle. Think, it made me think of E's Kindle in the rubber oh, case. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She, like, smacks him on the head and she's got a spoon as her weapon. And she gets out there and looks around and she's like, why is no one coming after me? And the soldier comes towards her and it's Locke. Yep. Locke has been, like, biding his time dressed as one of the soldiers and he's like, I'm here to bust you out, but you already did it. And like, <laughs> she's like, what the hell? And then she's like, wait, where are the others? They said they have the others. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I got them out before I came to get you. They're dressed as the crew. And it's like, oh. And she's mad because they didn't leave when they were supposed to. And Veronica has a child, which right. is a whole other story that is so, like, you don't want to get into it right now. Because it's, it's just a, a lot, but it's it's an important, like, piece of information for later. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, all right, let's bust our way out of here. And they start killing people. And then they get to the ship. She's like, I'm taking that fucking ship with me. Like, it's mine now. I stole it. I stole it. I used the override <laughs> codes and I renamed it. And it recognizes me as the captain. So, like, yeah. if it was a dog and it came to you, then yeah, okay, we get it. Fair. So th- she's like, oh, wait, I have to steal all of this alcubium, though. <laughs> Because I, I need to bring it back to my house as part of the research. Mm-hmm. So they go through this whole thing of, like, they have these, like, non-gravity, like, or, like, they can change the gravity of these, like, sleds or whatever. Yeah. Which is weird, because, like, my dad has definitely designed something like that. But for Earth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they're, like, trying to get all these cylinders, and they're being shot at, and they finally get on the Polaris, and they get the fuck out of there. And yep. they get back to the other planet where they were before with Reese. Yep. And they're like, oh, we can finally slow down. And then her sister's like, no, you gotta, like, get back here. This is bad. We, they just called war. And she's like, well, if they declare war on each other, which they have, I have to go and be at the front lines. Yep. Because that's my job, and I'm the fifth of six children. And so she's kind of expendable. She's there. That, like, makes Locke super mad because she's like, you're not expendable. Don't ever say that. But, like, to the consortium she is, right? Yeah. Whatever. And to her family she is, too. Yeah, because they're like, if you're not going to marry him, then whatever. Who gives a shit? And so 
uh, House Rockhurst and House von Hassenberg have declared war on each other, leaving House Yamato mm-hmm. or the Yamada. Yamato? I don't fucking know. Yamato, Yamada, tomato, well, tomato. Well, I know I have a D in it. Yeah. That's not a thing. No. It's the future. <laughs> um, <laughs> the name of this episode. It's, it's the, the future. future. <laughs> um, so they've declared war on each other, and the third house is waiting to see which one has a better chance of winning before they side with anyone, which mm-hmm. is, like, probably the smart thing to do. And Locke is like, nope, going with you. Don't care what it takes. I'm going with you. And she's like... Okay, but I gotta, like, talk to my dad. And her dad is beyond pissed. He's like, get your ass back home right now. Marry this goddamn motherfucker. And just, like, make things right again. Because your dad really, like, truly doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't want her to be, like, in his way is the problem. Mm -hmm. And she's causing problems because she won't marry this guy. And she does probably the best thing she could have done is she created an entire contract they yep. basically said, these are my stipulations. Agree or don't. Take your pick. And he surprisingly agreed. Because she didn't think he would. But she also had hinted at, like, I have some tech for you. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you have the ship for a while. But she did but a, I get it back. She did a really cool job of negotiating for herself, too. Yeah. Where she was like, you get one week of my time. It starts tomorrow, not today. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, you can fuck off. Yeah. So she gets diplomatic immunity for her and her bodyguard, which is Locke, and he's going kind of undercover. And she finally meets with her sister, Bianca. Uh Uh-huh. They finally start figuring stuff out. And at this point, Locke is probably being the most honest because they come to a point where they she has to literally say to him, if we're going to make a relationship work at all, we have to communicate. And she, she literally says it to him. Because he gets all grumpy and, like, shuts down. When was the last time we read a romance where one of the characters says, we need to communicate to make this work? Have we ever it's, read it? I mean, if we did, it would probably be Alicia Rye. Well, that's because she's the queen of all things. Right. But it's very, very rare. Because usually it's more like a corner you and make you tell me kind of a thing. Yeah. And so this was a really good turn of events there. But, so they finally work their shit out. Then she has to go and talk to all the the leaders of the high houses. Well, she doesn't have to. But she's trying to, like... She's trying to gain absolute immunity for Locke. Well, and she's trying to threaten them in, like, a subtle way. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, so this is when we find out about Project Genesis. So Project Genesis was altering genetics of select soldiers because they're already really good soldiers. And so it gave them things like Locke's super night vision and, like, his eyes glow. And, and his ability to heal really quickly. It's ridiculous. And he's, like, crazy strong. And mm-hmm. it's, like, ridiculous, right? And the reason that she's so appalled is because messing with any genetics on Earth is, like, highly illegal, mm-hmm. really looked down upon, like, you become the scourge of the Earth. You can have it's things like nanos not okay. and upgrades to your body and right. stuff, but you can't fuck with your DNA. Right. And that's what these people have done. And so what's happened, we find out throughout the end of this book, is Locke was actually the leader of these special forces, but these guys kept dying because mm-hmm. they messed with their genetics. And it's not like they were fetuses. It's, they were They were full-grown humans, and they, like, fucked with them. And so they're like, all right, well, they keep testing him and testing him. Let's see how bad they do. Let's see how good they do, whatever. And so they send him and his operatives with Rockhurst to a, a planet that is supposed to be uprising. Mm-hmm. And it's having an uprising because they're starving. Yep. And so they get there, and that's not what they had been told. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, no, like, we have to kill all these people. And they're like, yeah, you got to kill the women and children. Ugh. They're starving. And he's like, wait, that's not what we do. And he's like, yeah, it is. Do it. And so they have this whole thing. And so what's happened is, in order to preserve Rockhurst, who is supposed to marry Ada, to preserve his reputation, they've given this awful reputation to Locke of Mm -hmm. that he not only killed all the women and children, but that he turned on his own team and they've been, like, obliterated. He killed everybody in the team, too. When in reality, they've just kind of been scattered throughout the the solar system now because they can't go back. They will be Mm -hmm. killed on site. They'll be imprisoned, whatever. And so Ada is supposed to use this piece of information to get the other houses to comply. And then we find out that they, they kidnap 
Locke. Uh-huh. And they're going to kill him. And they're going to kill him. And they've already started, like, torturing him, which is very, um, like, medieval for a futuristic thing. Yeah. There's a lot of torture in this. But they have weird stun sticks. Okay, I think those are kind of cool, too. It be made me think of a cattle prod. And I think, like, the foxy that they were taking, I was like, that's just fucking speed. Like, the, every let me time, dose you some speed and you'll feel nothing. Every time they said foxy, I thought of your old doll. Oh, gosh. Oh. She was probably on speed. She, she wasn't, she but wasn't. she acted like she, she was. <laughs> she was great. So she finds, um, she finds Locke. She, like, charges in. She's dressed in this red dress because she said, I will wear this because he bought it for her, which is kind of cute. She said, I'll wear this on the day that you are pardoned. Yes, and she was determined that he was going to be pardoned right then and there. So she busts in with the help of, is his name Ian? The head of security for House von Hassenberg? Something like that, I think yeah. it's Ian, and he, he and Bianca have something going on, and I, we don't get to figure it out. No. But they are kind of in love, um, but they're not allowed to be in love. And so she <laughs> finds out that he's like in this inner sanctum, and she busts in, and she stuns... Uh, Lady Rockhurst, because she's a giant bitch. They're all giant assholes. They all are. of them. It's so confusing. And she's like, listen, here's what's going to happen. You're going to let me off this planet, but if you don't, all this information about the Genesis Project gets released. And upon my death, it gets released anyways. So be really careful with what you choose. And they're like, you have five minutes to get your shit and go. After, of course... You know, well, and like, she says, negotiate. We're gonna say negotiating. Yeah, she's like, but I she's get, like, I have all this dirt on you. Yeah, and you have to let me go to my rooms to get my stuff. And they're and like, Poor Yamada is like, what's happening? Right. Totally in the dark about the Genesis Project. Totally in the dark about why they're fighting over a spaceship. And he's like, I don't understand why we're here. <laughs> like, his name like, is Ian. You're welcome, Ian. Yeah. And Bianca's book two. Ian. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking to see who's book two and three. Oh. Well, obviously, one should be Veronica and Reese. <gasps> We're going to find out. If it's not, it should be, and that should be a thing. Um, So they leave, they go off planet, and they're like, what are we going to do next? And they kind of settle down with Reese for a while, and they're like, we can't do this forever. We have to keep traveling. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the end of it. Like, that's kind of the end. They love each other. It's all good. Yeah. They're still waiting to see if there's going to actually be war. Um, but she's like, we kind of, it got kind of left open, which is okay. Cause obviously there's a second and a third book in the right. series. The third book is not Veronica and Reese. Oh, who is it? Their little sister, Katrina. Oh yeah. She's the youngest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So overall, um, uh, unfortunately it's really hard to come up with really cool new technology ideas mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. So it wasn't like. The technology was a big deal. Like, it was cool. Like, her yeah. bracelet and her necklace that were a personal shield, that's fucking cool. She Nanos certain... in your blood is really common in, in sci-fi, sci-fi. yeah. Because it's, like, it's really expensive, but you just inject it when you're a baby and it grows with you and whatever. And you know. They remind, her necklace and her bracelet reminded me of the bracelet and the necklace in um, Black Panther. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like a force field thing. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, The, like, self destruct shield was very captain america very captain america it was just the super soldierness of it all was very bucky barnes yeah it was just there's there's like a lot that went into it so it wasn't that it was like oh they stole all this stuff but it's just it's very similar because it's hard to come up with brand new things yeah um and when marvel does it they do it well so you borrow it the stun stick is just like a cattle prod taser like a, a big taser it's just a taser that you that hit can, someone with Go a little bit of a distance, too, It's with fine. It. You know, it's... It wasn't anything unexpected Mm-mm. or, like, super new and exciting. But, again, we, we're living in a time where everything is sci-fi. Yeah. And everything has some kind of futuristic invention that's associated with it. So that's so, not... I'm not going to fault her no. for that at all. How did you feel about the romance, the entire romance aspect of it? I know that I texted you last week, and I was like, listen. <laughs> <laughs> the The tension between these two is like it wasn't annoying normally when we have too much sexual tension we're like oh my god just fuck already (laughs) this time it was immaculate it was like the right amount of tension for the situation because let's face it even if you're captive Mm -hmm. and you're paired up with someone who's hot yeah there's going to be that moment of yeah it's kind of hot i would do it if i had to and she definitely like upon meeting him even was like she like looked him up and down. And was like, yeah, he's really muscular. 
oh, and he's only wearing, like, briefs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. And he's like, you like what you see? Like, an asshole. <laughs> and she's like, kind of. And he's like, what? <laughs> so, like, all of that was, like, kind of fun. Because it was also nice that they didn't just, like, have sex right at the very beginning. Because we have run into that problem they, as well. And they very well could have. Because in the very beginning, they, like, section off a portion of that cell that they're in. Yeah. And, like, have him on the one side and her on the other. And his chain is not long enough to reach, even if there wasn't that sectioned off part. Yeah. And then she, like, releases all of that. He has enough chain. Not enough to do everything. But she could very well have made it happen. I like that they waited until almost, like, halfway through yeah, before anything about happened. Yeah, halfway and I, I, the, it, the tension itself was just so perfect. There wasn't that part where you're like, oh, my God. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the plot was really heavy. So you It was had, kind of complicated. Yeah. So you have the sexual tension just kind of like woven into that. So it wasn't something that you only focused on. Especially because it's two people who have lived their lives not being able to care for anyone. Mm-hmm. And constantly on the run, or at least recently, and yeah. that would be really hard to throw in when you find out, like, oh, I actually kind of like this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it wasn't like, oh, she's so hot. Well, it and- was like, oh, man, she's smart, and she can handle a gun, and she can, like, fight people. Like, and that like, was something he valued. The, the problem with their relationship, really, was that Ada had a lot of hang-ups, and a lot of her hang-ups like stemmed around the fact that they're from a house that she can't love from. And she did fall in love one time with a guy from a lesser house. And then um, they were going to get married. And then she told him, well, if we do this, you know, I lose everything. I lose everything. And he was like, well, why would I stick around? Like I was only in it for the power. And that's why she asks Locke later on if that's what he was in. Yeah. It's just her own like insecurity. It was also refreshing to read, like, we've read very powerful male characters, like, mm-hmm. physically powerful, but they're always hung up on this, like, I don't want to hurt you Oh, hell thing. no. And he, like, there's this scene at the very end where he's been chained to the chair and he's been being tortured, and he says to her, I can get out of this. And she's like, yeah, sure you can, buddy, because he's, like, bleeding. <laughs> and all he does is, like, pull his fist really hard, and his chain snaps. And she's like, oh, shit, he can't get out of it. Like, he wasn't joking. He was just there waiting. Well, and the whole... He was just waiting to keep them distracted. The whole thing, too, is, like, he... They decide to spar at one point. Uh-huh. And she tells him, like, oh, throw... Like... Pull your punches. Pull your punches, please. Because, like, I know you can do it. Well, he's massive. Yeah. And genetically modified. Well, and, and before that, we even know that, he's just huge. He's just huge, yeah. So, like, and he's not afraid to spar with her. Like, a lot of times we get these male characters that are like, it's you're like a wilting flower. It's like a reason to flirt. Yeah. And in this, it was her means of, like, getting her anxiety out. Releasing her frustrations like, and her Like, getting her, her mind right was a lot of, like, physical activity. Not just, like, the sparring or the sex, but, like, she had a whole meditative mm-hmm form that she would go through and that was how she cleared her mind a lot and that was something that we don't often see either did you find ada to be a stronger character than most that we read um i would say yes we often read about people like characters that are like severely hung up Mm -hmm. on things and sure she had hang-ups but she wasn't like dwelling on them constantly like does he like me and she she wasn't a kind of character who needed saving like she always had a plan she was like, I'm have, I'm letting you save me because you're on my ship too. But I'm really supposed to be saving you. And it was nice to see that they weren't just like indebted to each other. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time when you have this kind of back and forth, even if it's not like the physical like captive stuff, you have like this weird imbalance of the characters themselves being like, well, now I owe them. Yeah. And there, and there wasn't any of that. It stopped pretty early on. Because at first it was, well... He's here. I'll save him because he's here. And now he's yeah. going to save me. And then it was done. Once they both kind of figured out that they could not only, like, trust each other, but that they could actually handle themselves, mm-hmm. it wasn't so much of a struggle. Like, we're we're reading The Hunger Games. <laughs> oh, God. And while I enjoy reading that book with my class, I always forget that the part that really annoys me is Katniss constantly being like, ugh, I owe PETA. Ugh, I owe him again. He saved my life again. Why do I always have to be indebted to him? And it's like her own hang-up. Why do you end the year on the Hunger Games? Because it's fun. Okay. For the kids. And we play play our own class Hunger Games. Oh. Which is really funny. We haven't done anything yet, but we're gonna. (laughs) I'm like, today you guys are, uh, you're seeing which of these is poison. It's like, birdie bots, every flavor beans. (laughs) A good one and a bad one. pick the ones. (laughs) 
And then what else do we do? We do like um, sharpshooting, but it's where they have to throw things at a target. Nice. And it like sticks to the wall. It's really funny. Um, what else do we do? You're the fun teacher I always wanted. Sometimes. Not not always. <laughs> not always. Not always. <laughs> um, but like it's that, that mindset that is very damsel in distress that I think a lot of people – Men and women, males and females, um, that are fans of of romance or like literature, are kind of moving away from because Which that's, is great. that's very like eighties and nineties romance, where it's like I need someone to save me, but like constantly, Ugh, and we're no. kind of moving towards like oh, by the way, you can also punch people and have boobs, and you're you're able to save yourself and, and that's speak great. your mind and yeah. be smart. I'm glad that we're shifting away from the damsel in distress romances. I'm yeah. glad that we found this one. I do want to say thank you to Trisha for Mostly Books. She read this first. I think you thank her every episode. I have to. I love her the most. But it's we fine. mentioned them already. I know. But she recommended that we read this one um, for the podcast because she did enjoy that one a lot. How did you feel conversely talking about all of the other stuff, all the cool shit? How did you feel about the sex scenes in this one? I thought they were pretty good. They weren't super graphic. No. Which was okay. Um, like we've said before, we don't need super graphic sex scenes. Like that's not even a preference. No. That we generally have. Just that it's there. Just that it's well written. And we can tell where all the body parts are. Yeah. And it wasn't gross. No. Like it wasn't disgusting. And they didn't the author for this book didn't focus a weird amount of attention on physical characteristics. Mm-mm. So it wasn't like like, we, we talk, we hear about, like, bronzed skin and, like, a life what? figure because she's Ever. tall. Or, like, that's fine. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, my my double D breasts were in the way of oh. my whatever. Like, it wasn't anything crazy. And I think that's an important thing because we've also said that we have trouble when there's no description or yeah. when the description feels very wrong. Yeah. But because of the way... These characters, like, our focus wasn't on them mm-hmm. the entire time. It wasn't on whether or not they would look hot while they are making out. No. It was, <laughs> which is, like, a different thing, but it's also <laughs> kind of fine. It was, will they survive? It was more like the the kind of background feeling of the trust and the, mm-hmm. the relationship and, like, the teamwork that was going into everything they were doing. Building that relationship yeah. so that it could last and they could have that conversation of, we need to communicate. Yeah. There was also, like, several moments where the author could have taken the liberties to force these two into sex, but did not do so. Right. Um, right after Ada is shot, um, they go to bed. She's like, just come to bed with me. She's like, but not like that. I'm tired and I've been shot. And he's like, shut up. Like, yeah. He's like, that's he's like not, I'm not a pig. <laughs> it's not what I was expecting, but okay. And then she can't get her bra off, which, like, if you can't get your bra, first off, you're already in that bra, and it oh sucks God. so much. I wore the wrong bra today and <sighs> hated it from about 11 o'clock onward, and I was like, oh, my God. You're, it throws your whole day off. Okay, but also, we have space travel, and we're stuck with shitty bras. <laughs> we have cool like, space shoes. They have their space suits, or, like, they can mold to their skin, and we still and have to wear them wear as, fucking like, an underlayer of clothing, and you have an uncomfortable bra. Like, we've come so far, and you can't do that? <laughs> I was really disappointed. He was like, my bra, and I was like, no. But he was, no. he was generous enough to help her out of it. Thank God, because, listen... Having been someone who kid couldn't physically not remove my own clothing at some point in my life, as an adult, that is not a good time. Mm-mm. It's just not. Because then who do you get to help you? My mom. <laughs> That's who it was because I was only 19. But, like, it sucks. It's the worst. It sucks. Anytime you can't do anything or you're, like, too physically weak <laughs> or it hurts too much, it's just like, god damn it. Um, okay. What? technology would you want to steal from this book from this book yeah um i don't care about space travel i feel like i'd throw up (laughs) i would vomit um i would want her necklace bracelet shield thing okay okay i want that bubble of like protection and I would use it for the dumbest shit, like the other night when I was doing laundry. Not the thing where it like masks your um your conversation. That's cool too. But that was cool. Listen, who 
who am I talking shit about these days that we don't already know we're talking shit about? That's fair. It just seems cool. I would want the nanos. Like, repairing your body from the inside out would be phenomenal. Can you imagine never being sick again? Or, like, even your injuries speeding up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she she was like, it's going to take a while. I'm going to need to use regeneration gel, which also sounds awful. But, like, it's only going to be a few hours versus, like, a few weeks. And that's a big yeah. deal. I think I'm still going to stick with the shield thing, and I'm going to use it for dumb things like the other night when I was doing laundry, and I walked outside because my laundry room is still fucking outside, and a bug tried to fly in my mouth. Nope. So I was like, no, thank you. Shield. Bam. No bugs. Bye. Okay. Okay. I want it to be like a <laughs> like a bug shield, where like a, it's like a bug zapper. Like specifically? Oh, where it's like... <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what I want. The nanos are a good option, too, though. That's a solid option. But again, I I also don't really care about space travel. You know, they didn't explain why his eyes glow in the dark. Like, I know that he has enhanced vision, but no, she said they glowed teal. Oh, yeah. That's not cat. That's, That's, That's weird. Alien predator. See, okay, this is where I was like, oh, well, he's gonna be an alien. But he wasn't. But he wasn't. Maybe he's got, like, android parts. But that was never like approached. Like Star Wars? <gasps> Maybe. I don't know. Those are, those are a little bit weird. Yeah. But like, I just thought like, oh, they'll explain why his eyes suddenly will be teal sometimes. They never did. Maybe that's what they meant is like what you're talking about, like a cat, like seeing in the dark Reflective thing, but, eyes. But not written well? Probably. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway. <laughs> On a scale of one to five stars, what do you rate Polaris Rising? Um, I'm going to go four. <gasps> Why do we always have the same fucking rating? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while since we've had a book that I enjoyed reading and didn't find a lot of faults in. Mm-hmm. And that might be contributing to me this a little bit higher than it normally would be if we had been in a line of like really good books. Yeah, I think so thing. too. Um, I think that expectation versus yeah there weren't aliens and there totally should have been (laughs) um (laughs) cat's very hung up on aliens i don't know why i care i think it's just that like preconceived notion from when i was little you know that makes sense though um and because it'd be easy to write in if you're going to write a space odyssey and you're going to other inhabited planets like what that's fair so i mean whatever but yeah i would say good storyline really good I think it's um, sexual te- tension and sexual mm-hmm. chemistry. Yeah. And an interesting enough storyline without it being a mystery. Because sometimes that pisses me off. When you when don't I have know. no idea what's going on until the end, I'm like, oh, I don't like that all the time. It was pretty easy to follow. It's a mood. Yeah, it was pretty easy to follow. It was a pretty easy read once you got into it. Um, I did have a little bit of an issue getting into it to start it. But once it started, I was pretty okay. Um, yeah, solid four. Would you continue the series? I mean, probably. I Part of the problem is when a series suddenly changes characters, if they're not linked closely enough, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Because then I have to learn a whole new thing. That's fair. You know? And, like, Bianca yeah. clearly isn't her sister. It's not Ada. No. And Bianca, so Bianca's backstory is that she was married in an arranged marriage. She hated the man, and she's rumored to have murdered him. <gasps> and so she has to be, a like, a grieving widow in public. For, like, a full year. But she, yeah, and when they get back together, she's like, I'm almost done with this. I can wear other colors soon, which is also, like, a really old school thing. Yeah. Um, that she has to show that she's grieving, even though it definitely sounds like she poisoned him. Get it, it, Bianca. And so I'm hoping the next book is just her being more herself. Yeah. And she's, like, graded information stuff I, and, like, rooting out things. So I, there's, I think I'll that. probably read that one, too. Um, so ratings are done. Let's talk about the next book. Kat's going to be excited because we are getting aliens, according to the synopsis I read. And that synopsis was for the book called Gladiator by Anna Hackett. Yeah. I read so many synopses <laughs> because it was so hard to find one that didn't sound awful. It's difficult finding anything these days that doesn't sound awful. And we're trying hard to, like, find books that we actually like. Part of it, though, I think is just, like, quality of some of the really big names that are out mm-hmm. there is not what we want because we've read a lot of them. Yeah. We've, we've read a lot of stuff that is automatically placed on a bestseller list. Yeah. And it's not stuff we generally like. It's really weird. 
We're not big fans of the stuff that's like the super big bestsellers. Like Jasmine Guillory is on like every bestseller list Mm-mm. ever. Mm-mm. And we've tried twice now. Mm-mm. You've tried twice. I tried once. We, and I gave I up. wanted to give it. I was like, maybe it's just the storyline. I'm just not into it. And so I'll try another one. And then it was equally as painful. I was like, never mind. She's just not an author I like. And it's like, it's okay to have authors that you're not a big fan of. But who, like, who's the author that, like, who are the people that are supporting these? And why are they automatically on the bestseller list? It makes no sense. How? So we're trying to do something where we read books that we wouldn't normally pick up on our own. A lot of them are from smaller publishing houses or aren't necessarily new release because they've been, like, a slow burn. Yeah. And that's okay. And I'm going to tell you, some of these are going to be, like, indie authors on our list. I'm looking at our list for the full year. A yeah. lot of them are indies. Yeah. Which so, is great. anyways, what about the book I picked? Um, there should be aliens. Right. So, fingers crossed. I'll be disappointed if there aren't. Listen, I'll be disappointed if there aren't, because I read the synopsis, like, literally three days ago. Yeah. And I swear it said aliens. So. Okay. We'll see. I mean, we could have read Ice Planet Barbarians. Sometimes we read synopses, though, and it doesn't... Match the book. Match. Which I don't understand. Like, you're literally supposed to describe the thing I'm about to read. Yeah. And then they can't do it. Sometimes we get too much. Sometimes we don't get enough. Um, We would like to note that we went and saw The Lost City, and <sighs> we'll do a little bonus episode about that. Yes, it was so good. I it loved it. It was so good. Highly recommended. Um, Especially if you want to laugh at stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it's not as serious as it's... Like, it was, mm, was kind of shed in the light of being a little bit menacing. Yeah. Like a thriller. But it's more funny than anything and it totally worth it. It was a good time. We will have to do a little, like, mini episode on that at some point because, yeah. fuck yes, that movie was great. It was. I'm glad. So, uh, yeah, join us next time as we discuss Gladiator by Anna Hackett. And until then, remember that bad bitches read romance. Bye. Bye.